Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, and you guys, we are finally here, the stretch run, oh gosh, I shouldn't use expressions I don't usually use, home stretch, but we're, look, season five is literally around the corner, and if you guys have been a longtime subscriber, uh, you guys would know that it took us the entire season as well to uh, review uh, season three leading up to four so um but we are entering a new era uh, again i reached out to some friends some, some familiar faces and voices to help me finish up the season four review um and uh we're combining the two episodes 409 and 410 the fall and the rise so uh joining me uh ken you guys recognize him from the what was it i, I think we broke down the first look images right the um yes few, few episodes ago and so and, and ken helped me out with the paley fest interviews um but ken you obviously have your own channel for those that maybe missed some of those episodes you were on um we'll talk about all that at the end uh and the other voice joining us on the pod today is tony aka the host of queen cobra podcast how are you doing tony good how are you peter doing good a little um super busy exhausted tired uh under overwhelmed you know all, all of the words you know uh and, and ken how are you doing i don't i don't think i asked you i want to be i want to be oh, polite here yeah uh, pretty much just the same you know it's a very exciting crunch time for all of us right now right before the season five but i am super hyped it yeah it so am i can you actually just had a recording mm, stream you had a st- live stream earlier today and i nearly fell out of my seat when you announced that you were gonna do a seven hour marathon leading up to season five's premiere oh yeah yes indeed we did seven last hours. year it was yeah seven hours last year we did i think it was five hours maybe five and a half hours it's kind of a last minute thing just kind of like to channel all the excitement and hype you know and uh it was a lot of fun so we're yeah we're gonna do it again and you and and you joined us i i I did that was the very first time we really met i mean you you sent the invite i was like i don't know i get i get asked to join a lot of things and at that at that time we haven't really spoken and um i know that you shared you know my miyagi video but it wasn't until i you know i was on screen with you where I was like, oh, I met you, I met Drew, and and you, I was like, oh, he really did watch the video and didn't just share it because he's another content creator. But Tony, do you have plans for the upcoming season five? <laughs> I just plan to watch it straight through. I mean, nothing yeah. too, nothing too special. Um, Not yet. It's pretty, pretty good timing. Um, you know, my my friend is on a work trip. My roommate's gonna be on vacation. I have the apartment to myself. Uh, so it's just going to be me, the TV, the dog, and hopefully no bathroom breaks. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the good thing is that there will be no interruptions, really, and uh, you know, nobody talking and you missing out on any kind of details. 
But the other thing is like for me, uh, oh, uh, well, I guess I'll get to this. For me, I, I like watching with people, you know, especially like the people that love it as much as you or like close enough to you. Because, you know, like we are all huge fans and I think our friends aren't as big as our, uh, as us. Um, but that's going to be the fun part. Like season five is a lot of fun. Um, you know, w- w- one thing I also said, this is not spoiler. Uh, this is, yeah, right. This is not spoiler. I, I feel um, season five has so many great, quotes and lines you know that that we're just gonna be quoting season five more than any previous season so excuse me the for for the listeners at home who are not on social media um you know the last time you guys heard us we did a a prop bets and predictions episode for season five and we talked about coming back to do a part two i mentioned that we were gonna do a preview of season five well shortly after that literally days after that episode um i was approved for season five screeners and there was no way i was gonna come back and do a part two episode because it's like well once i got him i was gonna watch him um because I, I did consider like holding off. I was like, well, like, I don't know. I might as well just start now. And uh, I did finish it all in one sitting. But um, season, season, I wrote a non spoiler season five review, which is available on the website. Uh, I have mentioned it before, kubakaicompanion.com, uh, companion with a K. So you guys can check that out. I give very little details. It's uh, very much my feeling and thoughts on the season as a whole. So I know there's um, a few reviews out there that uh, kind of go into the actual season a little bit more. And so just just be careful. I know a lot of people are trying to avoid everything. But if you just kind of... I think the consensus on social media is people said reading my review just got them even more hyped. And that's the same thing they said last season. And if you guys read my non spoiler review last season, I also gave zero details. So, you know, check it out. I mean, uh, I don't have a YouTube channel, so it's not about the you know the, the views or whatever. I, I don't even know how many people have read it, but it seems to be a lot. Um, I think that's all I got in terms of house cleaning. Ken, you're going to the premiere tomorrow at the time of this yes. recording. It, any other announcement you uh, you could think of? I, I know was it Century, uh, Century Clothing or, or or something is coming out with like their Cobra Kai collection. Did you guys see this? The geese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. they look super sick. Yeah, I I mean I think that is the actual uh, clothing brand, uh, clothing line or whatever that that manufactured the the geese. Uh, that we see on the show, and so it's not again. It's not just the three dojos: the Eagle Fang, Miyagi Do, and Cobra Kai. With the it, it's the sleeveless with the the yellow trimming, but they're gonna have like uh, martial arts equipment as well uh, for oh. sale with the, the logos on it. So oh, wow. I, I I feel the spot right behind you there, next to the Karate Kid uh, picture frame. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can get like a punching bag. Like I, I think it will look perfect. <laughs> I'm interested yeah. to see, um, you know, the quality of it because as a former martial artist, like our geese and everything that we used was all made by Century 21 as well. Mm. So I'm wondering, you know, is this just going to be merch or is this truly, truly going to be usable? Mm. Um, And if it is, that'd be really, really cool because all of the Century 21 stuff that I used growing up um, in my own karate journey was really well done. So. Hey, um, I feel we might even be able to tell by the price, right? Like if it's over a hundred dollars, I'm I'm assuming it's good quality. Under is probably a, a lot thinner. Uh, just based off the pictures, which were high definition, it it looked 
thick enough. I mean, kind of based off of my son's um, Taekwondo gi, it looks, you know, about that same thickness, if not a little bit thicker. Um, it looks good, but I'm excited. Like I, I would, I'd, I'd buy them, but I'd want to wear them. But w when would I wear them? Just like to cons and stuff, or use it as a uh, like a like a night nightgown kind of thing, or meditation. You know, yeah, yeah I don't know if I'll be actually purchasing one, but it is they definitely look really cool. I might purchase something else, maybe not the geese. Right. Um, I have, yeah. my, I have yeah. my own childhood karate gi saved somewhere. I don't need another one. <laughs> there you go. Maybe if I got them autographed, I put them on like a display or something, you know, in, in some sort of encasing, you know. Um, mm. Okay, so we are going to be reviewing today 409 and 410 to finish up the season four reviews as we get to uh, season five. Also, I will have on the day um, season five releases, I will have a full spoiler review episode available on the YouTube channel and the audio podcast uh, that will be ready in the morning. If you're binging it, it will probably be there by the time you're done. If you're weird and don't want to go to sleep immediately after that and want to hear what I have to say, it'll be there. And then later on in the day, um, I haven't decided a time yet, but you'll get two episodes in one. Uh, Kristen Baldwin from Entertainment Weekly, she makes a return from um, last season where she joined me for top five things we didn't expect from season four. She's now joining me for top five finally moments from season five. So, um, so this is some good moments, possibly, you know, I, I don't know. We, we will uh, wait and see. And, uh, and already, uh, got some interviews lined up one recorded so really excited to um, share that with all of you guys so keep it locked here subscribe if you haven't uh, and especially if you're a newer listener um so we're not going to do this like we usually do because uh you know we, we we don't have a lot of time i didn't get a chance to take notes but i did get a viewing in my two amazing guests here they they kind of took their own notes and and also because i have seen season 5 i have to be really careful of how i set up certain uh sequences to discuss about it because i might accidentally um kind of like add future knowledge without even thinking about it and this is also something um occurred to me you know if you guys remember season 4 and 5 were both filmed in the same year uh, 2021 and i recently released uh, in, an interview that we recorded months ago with michael jonathan smith and brianna was still on it that was actually her last recording as co-host and um uh, michael uh, had a bit of a slip of the tongue he didn't spoil anything but he talks about um something that we saw in the trailer of season five and and, and there was something that we completely well because it went over our heads not, not knowing you know what what he meant but after having seen seasons five i was like oh he slipped the tongue there slipped of the tongue where he actually accidentally said something that nobody's gonna know until you guys see season five so uh, it's just one of those things i just have to be really careful so you guys will kind of be taking point and we're just gonna talk about these uh two episodes um episode nine of season four is called the fall it is written by michael jonathan smith uh anybody can you guys um verify it was a josh shield also uh directed this episode yep he okay did both. So he, he directed yeah, both episodes both. and episode 10 was a uh, written by bob dearden who we previously interviewed a few months ago so the good thing with michael jonathan smith's interview that i recently released uh he does talk 
um, about episode 10 as well. Not as much because it wasn't his episode, but since they're basically two-parters and, and so, um, obviously didn't have enough time to get Bob on to talk about this episode. So, um, just throwing that out if you guys uh, have not yet listened to Michael's interview. Okay. So, uh, where do we start off? Kind of an introduction, right? From, uh, okay. Keith is the actor. Daryl is the character. Um, Daryl, the announcer, and uh, he's kind of reintroducing the the different dojos, you know, kind kind of like it was a TV special. Um, any thoughts you guys have on the introduction of these dojos? Yeah. Well, I think you brought up a really good point. It's like a TV special. It kind of reminded me of like wrestling, like professional wrestling. And this is kind of an interesting return to the All Valley Tournament. We hadn't seen it since season one, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think about the differences between how this is set up versus the season one all Valley and the tone that you think that this has. Um, but I think Daryl, I mean, he hypes up, he kind of gives everyone a background on the different dojos in a very sort of WWE style. You know what I mean? A very showy style. It does a great job too. But yeah, I mean, what do you guys think of like the, the, the tone, the atmosphere, the level of epicness of this all Valley compared to season one? Well, yeah, there definitely was an added like grandeur to this tournament. Like it was high stakes and that was very clear from the tone going in. Um, And I mean, they'd been hyping it up in every promo leading up to season four as well. So we knew that this one was going to be a big deal. And it just, I think everybody understood that the stakes were higher um, and just maybe didn't know why. I mean, I don't know that Daryl knew that Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang and Cobra Kai were all at risk of not being dojos, but he definitely set that same tone and it matched that energy. And then we get, you know, the pep talks from both Daniel and Johnny, and that continues to set the same tone in the most Daniel and Johnny ways possible. Yeah, I uh, agree with everything uh, everyone's saying. I, I feel Daryl was probably like an announcer, you know, for WWE or maybe even F, depending how far he goes back. <laughs> that guy's a natural with a microphone. I feel he should have a podcast. I would totally listen to it. Um, all his enunciations and the choice of words that he emphasizes. And so uh, re- really enjoy him. He's kind of the uh, MVP of uh, th- these two episodes here, just, you know, being a huge presence and kind of being um, not necessarily the voice of the audience, but definitely um, informing the audience of, you know, the the ongoings and kind of where each dojo is at in terms of points and, you know, th- things like that. So that's something that that um, I don't want to say we were missing because I, we don't know if that's like a regular thing, but we didn't get that in, in the first season. But in terms, just it, for comparison's sake, I kind of like the first season better. Um, but I think more so because of like the way it was filmed, you know, um, my apologies. I'm probably losing like my eighties music card here, but, uh, help anybody remember the title of that song that was playing for that montage. I want it now. Like, what was it? Oh uh, yeah. For season one, one ten, when uh, they're setting up the mats and, you know, I, I kind of like that, but but they weren't going to do it again because we already saw that. So they're going to do something different. But I kind of prefer the opening sequences of 110 um, myself. Um, I, I, would I want agree it all. With you. I would agree I with you, Peter. Um, and I think to me, 
as cool as as the hype up to it was for the for episode nine in season four here it to me felt reminiscent of like you know when shows used to do the previously on and like lead you kind of into it just it felt more like an you know an an intro and into the episode and I think it is because that this felt like such a little made for TV movie type of deal. Um, But it it did feel like we were getting a lot of information. We as the audience already knew, whereas like the montage in season one, everything was still new to us. So I I really enjoyed the, the opening sequence here. And I, I, like I said, I especially enjoyed the pep talks, Um, but it did feel, I don't know. I like season one's better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's different but same, right? It, it's um the the other thing is like I I'm not knocking on the look of it at at all, but it it does kind of give me like some sort of like American Gladiators feel, you know, with the the accents and it's a lot um dimmer than than in the first season where it was it looked like the the original Karate Kid movies, right? Where where it's bright and you know there's there's a few decorations, but this almost looks like and and Ken, correct me if I'm wrong because you're you're the Terry Silver aficionado, but do you feel like this might be like a certain Terry Silver effect? Like, oh, hey, you know, um, he's back. And so let's spruce it up a little bit or something. I'm not sure. Right. It's like the season four, the stakes are higher. Everything's bigger. It's grander. There's a lot more adrenaline. And yeah, I think how the All Valley looks in season four reflects sort of the development of where we've been since season one. Season one was really kind of like this low key almost light it was it just was so wonderful and whimsical and that last tournament it felt realistic in a way this feels like big like season four with terry silver it's almost like things are getting bigger the stakes are huge i mean you have carrie underwood singing i don't know what you guys think of carrie underwood making it's larger than life yeah, it's larger than it's a bigger life. stage, right? It's a bigger stage, mm-hmm. even though it's the same stage. It, it's just kind of like you can know, to everything you're saying, like everything's just bigger. It's flashier, yes. sexier. The the whole thing with Carrie Underwood, like imagine being, you know, Ron getting Carrie Underwood and having her show up, and it it, it looks like from season one. You know, where she walks in, it just looks like a like a high school gymnasium, you know, with a, a few uh, banners hanging around. You know, it, it, now this looks like legit. We got a superstar coming up, you know, so we got to make it look like one. And, you know, How with, did you uh, feel about Carrie Underwood? OK, well, you know, um, <laughs> in my. I I don't have a problem with it. It's not my favorite cover, you know, like. I recently interviewed Carrie Kimmel and oh my God, like cruel, her version of cruel summer is one of the best covers of any songs I've ever heard. And so that was from season two and season three, we didn't get a cover that I can remember off the top of my head and season four, um, you know, you get another OG song and moment of truth was actually like never one of my favorites. Like I, I don't dislike any of the songs on the soundtrack like i don't skip any of them i listen to it through because it's all very nostalgic but that like if i was a musician an artist you know that's not a song i would have covered off that album you know you cruel summer no brainer um young heart you know that that, that would have been an, uh, another great song um yeah but more so just like on her being there because i i've been a carrie underwood fan for a very long time i love her i i she was my first concert 
So oh, okay. it's not a matter of whether or not I was excited to see Carrie Underwood. Right. And, and I understand what you're saying with the song selection, but I think that song is right in her wheelhouse. And I think it also fit the moment. So I don't as much. I agree with you. It's not my favorite cover, but I think it fit the moment that they were in. And I think it fits her really well. I think she sounded great. Yeah. I more so was feeling very meta in that moment. And I think it had with the intro being so larger than life and this tournament feeling so epic and high stakes. And then Carrie Underwood shows up and you're just kind of like, this feels so, so almost maybe too meta for me in that moment. Okay. Um, hmm. And then, you know, as I've gone back and watched it again and again, it felt it feels less like that to me each time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she's just there. Like, that makes sense. I and, guess they're, I mean, in, they're in California. I'm, so I'm in right. reverse. I'm in reverse, actually. Like, when I saw that, I, I was like the crowd. I was like, oh, my God, Carrie Underwood, that's crazy. And right. then immediately I went to like, oh, I remember that one point, uh, that one time on Twitter. She's spelled Cobra Kai, with, you know, Cobra with a, uh, with a K. And then she corrected herself because everyone was giving her a hard time. Mm-hmm. And she shows up on the show. Like, I, 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 I didn't love her version but you know yeah it's in her wheelhouse like everything fits like i don't have any problems with that um i think for me and i still i still like it you know like it didn't take anything um uh from me in that moment but i i feel just over time i started getting jaded by all the negativity from everyone else about that performance i didn't i didn't like dislike it in any way you know and i was welcoming all the pictures with her in the cast um you know, after the season dropped. And so, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's not a song I revisit, but, you know, I, I welcomed that cameo, you know, a little out of place and meta. I agree with you, but yeah. I think we were kind of in reverse of how we felt like you were kind of oh, interesting, but it grew on you. But I was in the reverse. So. I don't think her speech has grown on me, though. It's short. Short. Her speech yeah. felt very again, because it felt almost forced that she was there in a way to me her speech felt very forced it was the one time where i was really watching the show and i was like huh i don't know if i would have written it that way like it just it felt very like i i i'm no stranger to competition and it's like you kind of have to know who she is to know that and to get that and it just it i almost feel like i would have rather just heard the cover and not had her like talking about like growing up in oklahoma and all this extra meta stuff. I'll say that, you know, having lived in Oklahoma for a while, that was really funny because they all love Carrie Underwood there. You know, she's from Oklahoma and she said like, you know, I didn't see a lot of karate growing up in Oklahoma. You know, I guess that was kind of a wink, uh, but I thought that was really funny. I, you know, it's interesting because like being in the LA area, it's maybe it seems like a big surprise to everyone watching at home, but really so many people, so many celebrities, singers, actors, everyone in the industry, they're here. So if you lived here, it's totally plausible that if, you know, she's, you know, her husband's a client, you know, of the head of the all Valley committee um, and that that could happen, you know? And so I think they did a pretty good job of justifying it and it could, and it'd be local for her. So for me, it didn't seem that crazy um it is a bit meta uh i guess but uh, i don't know i thought it worked yeah i, I mean I, I feel like i'm in the middle of you too like um 
like like what what else is she supposed to say? She's doing this as a favor to Ron, you know, and so it's not like something that was well planned. It's very much it seems last minute. I mean, it, it, the the rest of the community was very much about to, you know, um, yeah, mutinize Ron here, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and so yeah, they, it, it was a huge surprise, probably very last minute. You know, uh, maybe it's like the Wayne's World thing, you know, where she was like heading one direction and then she gets this call and then she has to like circle around and go back the other way. You know, all right, Ron, I, I do owe you. So, it, you know, you still want to address the crowd. Like, um, I, I feel like if I was asked to come somewhere, I wouldn't just show up and talk to you. Like, I'd probably, you know, kind of say some sort of greeting to the audience that's there. Yeah. But. All right. I yeah. think we've I think we've sufficiently hit the points. I mean, I Karen so. is the star. That's how I'd like to end this. She's incredible, okay. <laughs> and that might not have been the best cover ever, but definitely, if you haven't listened to Carrie Underwood, tr- she's an incredible vocalist. So, I mean, yeah, highly recommend. The one thing about the moment of truth it means a lot. To, I'm glad that they did that song is just because that is the theme of from the Karate Kid. Like the instrumental of that is the theme and so it, it's kind of nice to have that sort of injected into cobra kai i think yeah and, and then like if brianna was here she would have been like well that I, I don't know what words she would actually use in terms of like would would she say it's like a poor song choice because it does um you know it, it's in the movie so does that mean the credit kid movie does you know exist in the world like she she goes like Oh, yeah. the rails with, with stuff like that because like that that song shouldn't exist so does that only exist under carrie underwood's name at that point okay so let, let's let's continue on with uh, the rest of the turn of it here um uh what, what what happens after this we have the the weapons demonstration which is, uh, was a new addition right yeah. uh we kind of have a few different sequences and uh obviously a lot of our uh, young cast members are you know they're they're doing weapons they're doing kata they're doing gymnastics uh you know look so at I you, want Robbie. to comment on that okay when 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 we get the chance here because I have participated in many tournaments like this um and I think a lot of people were like why is there so much gymnastics going on like what the hell is this this isn't you know how this would go um and I just want to clarify that is exactly, I mean, okay, no one's doing backflips like Robbie was or anything, but that is exactly how they go. So there are different divisions and there are different competitions and you have weapons divisions and you have like a forms division, which is essentially the kata division that they were doing. Um, and you compete in each separate division and the like, sparring part is its own separate division as well and you kind of add up your point totals from all those things to create a winner so that is really accurate and it was really nice to see and I thought they did a really good job with the karate portion of it like I was watching it and I was like that's what a 16 year old would have been doing at a tournament that I was at like that's probably how I looked doing it maybe not the most graceful, maybe a little awkward in spots, not perfect, but still obviously there's a lot of talent there. And they, it was really cool to see that a lot of the actors were the ones learning those weapons. And so really them diving into the world of karate even more, because that is so true to how the karate tournaments that I've been at are. 
for those that uh, uh, really listen to every single uh, you know interview, I interviewed Mark Canonizado, who uh, doubled for um, Ralph and Sholo um, in seasons two and three, I, b- I believe. Uh, but anyway, when I interviewed him and doing a uh, little bit of research there, he's participated in so many different um, divisions, if, if that's the correct term. Um, there's many of him. Uh, you know, wielding the katana and he's like doing flips with the katana. And uh, so he's like, like a legit badass. Um, if you guys want to look up some of his stuff, but the other thing is like, I, I, I've never attended one tournament. Um, and I, I would imagine, you know, if there is a committee, like the one that we see here at the all Valley tournament, they are the ones that are deciding how things are run. And so like, if people have, uh, like if they take issue, well, it's it's a television show, and also this is a show where uh, uh the green kick is a thing, so you know, yeah, it's... there's a lot of gymnastics that takes place too. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. I you think know, it's being a... a gymnast really does increase your capability as a martial artist. It makes you more flexible. I mean, you hear the actors talk about it all the time. The biggest thing that they do is stretch, right. and that's oh, the uh, yeah. most important part. So having the level of flexibility is so important in martial arts. And when you're doing demonstrations like that, because essentially tournaments outside of the sparring portion are demonstrations, you know, you're not fighting anyone. And so adding in these gymnastic elements are very showy and let they earn you more points. The judges really enjoy that. And they enjoy when you, have your own take on these forms and you and these weapons divisions. So again, the gymnastics, like it makes sense and going and getting Piper from gymnastics. Like I'm sure she had an incredible routine with all of the gymnastics that she knows. I bet. And Kyler being a wrestler, you know, whatever he did, I'm sure was a a strong point for him. Um, I think also uh, there's a, a moment we missed between Miguel and Johnny where, um, Miguel almost thinks that Johnny remembers like the events of would have been would it been the previous night? I, I, I don't remember the timeline. Thanks. So. But yeah, um clearly Johnny is uh kind of kind of off his game. Um, you know, the, the tournament's a big deal. Him and LaRusso, they are at odds as always, at, at this point. But um kind of thoughts on what's going on between Johnny and Miguel. Well, obviously that scene and that scene you brought up actually to, um, you know, on, at Paley Fest on the red carpet, it's so powerful. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to see where Miguel's headspace is and, you know, what he thinks his relationship is with Johnny and Johnny probably feels the same way, but he needs to win. He has to win the bet. And it's just, uh, it's, it's tough to watch because you can sense that they're kind of they're they deep down they probably feel the same way but they just have different goals and different ways of expressing it and um you know miguel i think is feeling kind of hung out to dry yeah (laughs) the miguel scene was at the after prom sequence was one of my favorites of the season um and i do think that's the moment where things very much changed mentally for him where he realized that that he was on was bigger than karate because as he says to Sam later in it later in the episode or in, I, time, I think I, it's I in 10. the exact yeah. time. I think it's in 10, but 
Johnny is not his dad. And it's not the same relationship that Sam has with Daniel. And I think, I think those events were very triggering for him to move forward with, you know, I have to find my dad. I have to find my identity. I don't really know who I am outside of the karate. It's helped me grow, but it's not who I am. And Johnny's not my dad. And it's, it's a whole different journey that he's about to be on in the next season. So. Right. It, it, it kind of, it kind of changes their um, relationship uh, a little bit, um, maybe a lot of bit, really. I, the, the the whole thing going on between Johnny and Daniel, it it does cloud um, Johnny's judgment. You know, he is forgetting like why he's doing this in the first place. He's forgetting that Miguel's like his student. You know, he kind of there's a bit of a um, gosh, well, what was the term? There's a, a little bit of a uh, divide uh, that's not the right word either johnny is I, I, and i just said this johnny's kind of forgetting like what what um what's the the big picture here he's letting his emotions his anger with Larusso, um kind of make him forget you know that uh forget about his students really like he's not even focusing on miguel um the only person that's making any sense to him is really devin yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And I do feel like a lot of times in this show, the students are really the ones that are doing the teaching when it comes to these adults. And it's not a situation that you want to put young kids in where they have to parent their parents and parent the adults in their lives. Uh, and it just seems to be happening a lot. And as things get more convoluted and as, you know, Terry and Kreese team up. And then after the the fight with Terry in the old dojo, Johnny's head is just so clouded. Um, and his emotions are so high that he has no capability of, of actually focusing on the reasons that he started Cobra Kai in the first place. Uh, I think that's all out the window for him at this point. And it's going to take a lot to put that into perspective for him. And maybe it's Miguel leaving. <laughs> like maybe that's what does it. Or maybe it's Robbie or whatever it is, but he needs to kind of get his priorities back in check. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of the um, relationships, like these threads, uh, I, I feel they are um, kind of pushing everyone to, well, I, I think they're testing like the character's limits, you know, to um, that way to see if they would uh, mature, you know, later on sometime down the line. And, um, strengthen relationships and stuff like that right like you you hear like uh, marriages and relationships where you know um when you overcome these obstacles it only strengthens those uh those dynamics so i, I think that's kind of what's going on with a lot of these um the, the pairings that we have here uh does anybody have any notes on what's going on with cobra kai at this point um, the dojo? i would just say like at this point, I think you can see the doubt starting to creep in with the students in regards to Terry. I think that that opening speech where Crease is, is speaking to them and then Silver comes in, he's like, that's an order. And these kids are like, what the F? Like, what? What does that mean? How is it in order to win? Like, you know... I think I think the doubt is kind of starting to 
be planted um, the seeds of doubt in some of our smarter characters heads. Yeah. I, I think the other thing to kind of um, take note is, um, you know, what, what happened the last time Terry was at one of these events, they lost, you know, and he, uh, they, they talk about not wanting history to repeat itself. Even Terry gave uh, Chris that little talk, like uh, what was it when they um, went to, uh, to dinner and, and, Terry said something to Chris about, uh, gosh, he he let like uh, I'm I'm forgetting the conversation, but uh, basically he let the whole deal with like Miyagi and Daniel, um, kind of um, basically take him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, in the third movie, and so Terry is is feeling all types of way, and you know, obviously we know how it ends, and so. You can see he's kind of, you know, he's got anxiety. Like, well, we lost last time. There is no way we're going to lose this time. And so he's addressing the the team kind of like soldiers, kind of like how Crease would have had like in season two, you know. Well, you can definitely see the mental fractures starting yeah. to show up in Terry's mind and in, in his actions. So, yeah, the anxiety, the fear, the... PTSD probably <laughs> in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, definitely, definitely some mental fractures. I have a little bit of a different angle on Terry. I think at this point, what he's trying to do is he's trying to play second banana, even though he wants to be in charge. So he's trying to outwardly be like, listen to John Kreese. He's in charge. You know, you listen to him. But obviously, we already know that he's staged the police thing and everything like that. So he knows what his end game is going to be. But at this point, I think he's playing the part of supporting John Kreese like he's the one in charge. Um, and so I think it's an interesting kind of balance he's playing. Um and then obviously you see at the end, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. But I, I think it's an interesting moment for Terry Silver. I totally agree with you. I do. But I do think that his mental f faculties are kind of going haywire as well. Like, I think he's doing that, but he's also anxious and going out of his mind a little bit. I mean, we've we've started to see that break. And I think that's where the plan got hatched as well, which I'd love to talk about when you each think he shifted into planning this takeover. But he also has all of this trauma and all of this anxiety. And he's, you know, still in a lot of ways, the same guy we saw in Karate Kid Part 3. Like he is reverting back to that in some ways. And so there is some elements of like psychosis there as well. Yeah, I don't disagree there. Um, Ken, actually, that's a very great observation. I've never looked at it that way. So he he's just going along with it, right? Like we just we just need to get through the day. Yes, it's we we've already won. We you right. know like I've already paid this this ref. You know we just need to finish up this tournament, and um, I need to get you know crease to where I need to get them because the police is coming. So yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right on that. Um. All right. Anybody write down um, some some of the uh, early matchups? 
Or uh, how, how about this? What do well, you guys think about some of the uh, mistakes some of the contestants were making during uh, some of their uh, demonstrations and such, like Hawk not being able to reach, uh, you know, all, all the way up to kick that the board, um, uh, Mitch accidentally tossing his uh, bow staff like over towards the, the judges, <laughs> which uh, Aiden Meeks apparently improvised the um, the run after him bowing. The little <laughs> run after he bows is like, it's just one of those comedic moments that you aren't expecting. So it hits that much harder. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not surprised that he had a little bit of a flub. I think the pressures of the All Valley are maybe too much for penis breath. I mean, uh, this this is a this is a new thing, you know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, they're I mean, all trying to learn all these new things and and. I don't know if Johnny is the most equipped person to be teaching weapons. Um, I don't know how much he truly has experience in that. I think he's a straight up fighter. Um, and, you know, weapons was not a division in the All Valley before. So it's nothing right. that Johnny's ever needed to really know. Right. He could teach them beer bottle fighting. The, the fl flicking the caps, you know? Yeah. Like, but I don't know if he's really that equipped to teach weapons. And, I don't think he had the strongest group of uh, students. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Cobra Guy had all the athletes and the, the you know the, the people with uh, all these amazing flexibility and agility yeah. and all this stuff. And then uh, Eagle Fang Hawk, has people like Bert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love you, as Owen. For, as for <laughs> Hawk or Eli or however you want to refer to him at this point, um, not getting that board that you know used to be easy peasy for him it all had to do with the confidence and, yeah. and at that point he just hadn't figured it out yet which we can go back to when we talk about him finding his confidence but um yeah he just hadn't he just hadn't found it yet yeah and hey, did you have any that in his opening fights as well like he was just lacking a lot of the he the talent was there it's just the confidence and it's like right. a huge part of you know success is confidence in in every aspect in everything in life absolutely he's he's not like robbie you know you talk about confidence like uh robbie's a prime example of like um you know when when you're in high school you're like oh yeah that's the guy that like all the guys wanted to be like you know robbie at points was just standing there waiting like you know all right you know hawk is talking to daniel while robbie's just standing there you know just waiting like he doesn't need any more advice like he's got this and that's the the level of confidence you need that you just need to go in and just say i i, I got this like you know what what's all the hold up you know so i think uh, you can definitely see um the the you know, the contrast of of both of those characters uh, can you're about to say something oh I just think it was, uh, you know, when Eli goes up and tries to kick the board, uh, I, I wonder how they determined how high to put the board. Because uh, when he misses it, it almost looks like the kid is like kind of lowers it back down. I'm like, oh, could you have just kind of lowered it down just a little bit? Like, I don't know if they'd catch that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on that. I don't know how they determine the height. But, uh, you know, that did seem tough to make. Yeah, so. they, they probably just eyeballed it. You know, it's it's the first time they implemented it. You know? so, right. <laughs> so they're like, uh, well, let's see here. He looks like he could probably jump yay high and let's see if he can break it at this level. Yeah, right. that, that's, that, that, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Miguel did good, Robbie did good during during their um, katas and 
all, all those other things. I'm not really nobody else is really uh, standing out. I know um, Dimitri. Me we, yeah, we we get uh, his last name there, uh, Alexopoulos, and so yeah, he's um, doing the commas. In Michael's interview, he said that there was a joke that he wrote that uh, didn't make it into the final script, uh, where um, as he's as Dimitri is walking on the uh, on, onto the stage or the platform, apparently Ky- uh, Kyler makes a comment like, "It looks like you're holding two dildos," you know, and and so like Dimitri does his thing, and then he, you know after he's done, he walks by. And he's like, "They're commas, period," you know. And so Michael said that he was kind of he thought it, you know it was a little silly, but he liked it, but it, it did make it. I was like, well, I mean, that kind of goes in line with like what Kyler would say, but I, I feel in terms of momentum and trying to move the story forward, like it, it kind of like makes it, you know, a little stagnant at, at that point, just to, to insert that line. So the more, yeah. you know, yeah, I agree. I don't think that line necessarily needed to be in there, but it is quite <laughs> funny and does sound it, exactly it just adds like to Kyler. Say. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I feel Michael probably, um, has a, a lot of good pitches for Kyler. I mean, I, I believe Michael came up with the whole like shitting in his mouth line from season three. So I think that was it also. Could be the wrong. Commas, but... on, re- on a you know related note, the commas are my preferred weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. They, they look badass and scary. Uh, you don't yeah, see those too to, often. I used to attach longer um, cords to them and we referred to them as the flying commas. And they wouldn't actually be in my hands. Like the rope mm. would be extended beyond my hands. And so they'd be like e- extensions almost of my arms and they'd be flying. Yeah. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, let's see. I'm not sure. Uh, let me see. I, I know at some point there was Piper versus Sam. Yeah. I mean, I think that's getting to the, the, all, all the, the, the matchups quarterfinals yeah so it's like who advances i think right before that we see you know who's advancing into those finals rounds um and you know miyagi-do needs just one more fighter to kind of edge out cobra kai heading into the finals and that's when we see um that robbie really did teach them all the cobra kai kids mm-hmm. the miyagi-do moves that was uh. like really I felt very emotional in that moment. Like I felt like I I could feel how Sam and Daniel were feeling, just knowing exactly why Cobra Kai knows all their moves. Good, good. That that, I mean, I, yeah. hurt even more. I mean, uh, honestly, it 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 felt the same way as the uh, the reveal in the trailer where we saw um, Robbie talking about like Miyagi-Do and like I, I remember a lot of our immediate reactions were like oh no damn it Robbie you know like there was a lot of that when that trailer came out so um yeah it, it's very effective and you you're supposed to be feeling that way you know and and we're supposed to be not finding out because we're like we knew but to kind of be in their shoes and see it from their point of view yeah it is it, pretty impactful and um you know it's it's all about like the feels and you know um yeah no just the sense of betrayal like i I think we've all felt that and so you could kind of uh empathize with them um, at at that point um but yeah some of the other characters that we haven't really quite touched on like i know we mentioned Devin a little bit here Mm -hmm. i when does she fight tori is that uh episode nine or ten nine nine this is all you're moving into the finals rounds here though 
Okay. They, all right. They all advanced to the the quarterfinals. Okay. Right? Quarterfinals. So, so we didn't um, necessarily have uh, some of the the bigger fights yet. So like Piper, I know was with uh, Sam. Um, I don't think I really have anything to comment there. But um, let's see who does Kenny fight. I know he fights Kenny Robbie fights, in the, later. Kenny fights Robbie. Right. Is that that's, that's not a nine, is it? Because I thought because uh, because yeah yeah yes, it, towards the end of episode nine. It's towards okay. the end. We end episode nine with Miguel on the ground. Right. Because I was trying to remember like how close was the fight between Kenny and Robbie, and then um, Kenny in the locker room with Anthony. It was so pretty, pretty good immediate. amount of time. Was it okay? So it's got to be towards the end of nine. Then mm-hmm. any other notes you guys have of of, of nine before we move well, on to? Yeah, the, I want to uh, touch yeah. on a couple of the aftermaths of some of those fights. I mean, so obviously the the Piper and Sam fight. There's not much to say on it other than that's when Sam starts using Eagle Fang, and okay. Daniel says to her, "You didn't win the right way." Um, right. Let's as, talk about that. Yeah, as someone who has had their parent as their coach their whole life. Um, I've, I've been in that situation. Right. And it's just like, you didn't do it my way. So it, you didn't actually win. And it's just, it's another one of those moments where as parents, they just, they, he missed, he missed as a parent there and you need to put aside your own issues and you need to support your kids sometimes. And she's winning and she's succeeding and I think Daniel missed that moment and that, that hurt, you know, it was another one of those moments that just hurt in this episode. It, it's it's another example of different, but same, I mean, a staple of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, we saw the exact same thing, but a little bit different just between Johnny and, and Miguel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they, but both parental figure, uh, missed a point, you know, to take your expression there and, uh, and and what the uh, Sam and Miguel how how they're handling it is, is different um, because they are on different trajectories with their own life and and, and journey. Um, they don't have the Miguel- same long history with the Miyagi Do Cobra Kai rivalry. They have their own history, which started yeah. the day that Johnny opened the dojo, right. and so they're combining these styles and they see no problem with it because they're all growing and they're all merging. And it's another one of these instances where the kids are going to teach the adults that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kid. Yeah. I had a couple notes on this episode, things that stuck out to me. We mentioned how Robbie was sort of betraying everyone by teaching Miyagi-Do techniques to Cobra Kai, um, that moment when Daniel goes over to confront Robbie about that, mm-hmm. I loved that because that was honestly one of my favorite Miyagi teachings was never put passion before principle because even if you win, you lose. And I just really like how this series kind of makes Miyagi's teachings relevant again and kind of applies them to these situations. So I thought that was a really nice scene and that seemed to affect Robbie a bit. And then also we have that fight between Tori and Devin, which is the first instance where we see Terry paying off the ref, it pays off because remember she, he calls it as her being out of bounds, 
And then Johnny says, what that, or what are you blind ref? You know? And so the ref called it for Tori when he shouldn't have. So that knocked out Devin unjustly. So that was like the first little instance of cheating. It's also something that Peter can't comment on, but I'll talk to you about here. Ken is okay. a really great setup for a potential mentorship between Tori and Devin that I believe that we're going to be seeing in season five. A, and that's, that's, a, predi- interesting that's prediction. a prediction. That's an interesting prediction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, yeah. I do think that there will be an, and I, and it's not totally an out-of-the-box prediction. Peyton mentioned something about taking on new mentorship roles as Tori in season five. And I have a feeling that it's going to be with Devin because we we do see them fight in the in the trailer. Yeah, so, I like it. Sounds like Peyton I, I have a feeling things. that that's yeah. going to influence Tori a lot because we saw it and we're going to talk about it now, I'm sure, is we saw the mentorship role influence Robbie a lot in season four. So I right. think that it's going to have a big effect on Tori as well. That's interesting. That's interesting, so. Tony. Um, Let's talk but- about Robbie because this <laughs> this kid, oh my God. I, the moment where he's talking to Kenny before they fight and then Kenny's like calling him an old man and they're like being all cute together. And I'm like, oh, this mentorship, it's so cute. They're adorable. And then, you know, it completely shifts and you know crease speaks to robbie and the music changes and the look on robbie's face and i've i've made this comparison before but it is anakin approaching the younglings it is like <laughs> the most sinister looking face and i to this day re-watching it i still can't figure out why on earth he went that hard at kenny that honestly that was the question I was going to ask you guys, it seems like he went really hard on him. Like, and he didn't have to. There like, was he didn't no have reason to. for it. There, I, there might be an explanation. I don't think there's a good reason. You know, like, um, obviously we know he's dealing with all all, all, all of the, the 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 stuff with Johnny, right? And we're going to see that at the end of uh, the the 10th episode. Uh, episode. But, um, he just spoke with Daniel and they had that talk. And I want to go back to that real quick because we, we moved on from that. Um, but also Crease, who he doesn't necessarily respect. Like he told uh, uh, Robbie told Johnny early on in season four that he was only using Cobra for his own gain, basically. And so um, Crease to to question him, like, you know, are, are you, Ken, what, what was it? Um, like, are you fighting your whatever or your opponent? Like, what was the... Uh, the words that yeah, you are, are you are you fighting your friend or are you fighting your opponent? You know, yeah. And then- so I, I I think like Cobra Kai is just starting to get on his nerves, right? I and I don't remember the timeline, but at some point, um, it might have been even during this match. Maybe you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, uh, where where Terry makes a comment to Robbie, to Robbie's like, "Do you want to fight?" Well, that might have been with Hawk. I I, I feel mm-hmm. yes, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so but um, j- just to kind of go back to like the uh, b- between Robbie and and Daniel, like I-, I feel at that moment, doesn't Robbie say some stuff that that's actually like you know what he's not wrong because um, I think he, doesn't he throw it back into Daniel's face like uh, you know I, yeah I, I he thought, says everybody thinks their way is the right way right that's not wrong <laughs> it's, it feels it's, the same it's way the same thing that I've been saying mm-hmm. the whole time is these kids are are teaching the adults and they're all learning that. You know, none of these ways 
work. They have to, there has to be a balance of all three Robbie of these. Had, Robbie's been aspects. saying this since the finale of season two. He told Johnny in the car in front of the school, you guys can learn a few things from each other. He's been saying it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think. And I think there's lessons to be taken from Cobra Kai's mentality as well. Like, I don't think that we can disclude like them because. I don't think anybody is, though. I don't think anybody is, is you know, like everybody's right. Like you can take something from, from all of them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think an yeah. interesting question might be if Mr. Miyagi were there, would the students be lecturing Mr. Miyagi or is it that all the senseis, all the teachers aren't quite there the way Mr. Miyagi was there? You know what that's I mean? An, that's an interesting question because I mean, I don't think Miyagi would, would be a sensei. Right. Like that's he, he wouldn't be about this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, quite frankly, frown upon it, you know, and um, probably would have told Daniel to not do it. Um, you know, it's for defense only. And, and now the whole Johnny thing like oh, that is like a whole avenue. I don't know if we'll ever get to explore, but that's uh, one of those like what if episodes. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he, he would be a sensei, but just to humor you can like. Um, no, they they wouldn't question him, and like he told Daniel, hold on, yeah, this is season four, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Daniel has that flashback. Yes, yeah, like okay. he yeah. told Daniel, right. they have, okay, he needs to forge his I, own I, path. Mm-hmm. Again, I just I just have to be sure that I wasn't about to say the wrong things from a different season. Um, yeah, but it comes, yeah, the, comes the, up the, in the, Sam's fight. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and um, but yeah, that's just it. That's that's what Miyagi would have told people. Like, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm teaching you this, but you know, it'd be cool if you just want to learn other things on your own and and kind of do your own thing. You know, you know. Uh, yeah, make, I don't think the you. the senseis here are emotionally there. I think they all have too much, too much trauma. I mean, I think I think a lot of people agreed that for the most part of season four, that Terry Silver was the best sensei. And it wasn't until, you know, he confronted his own weakness, which we will find out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. He did that, that, you know, he, he, you know, Tony, you mentioned like the psychosis and the fracture mentally and all, all of that stuff is because of his weakness. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, but for the mo- most part, everyone was kind of on board, like, you know, j- just like Ken lining up to, to sign up with Cobra Kai, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, everybody was on board, you know, Terry Silver as a sensei. So, yeah, uh, let's uh, visit. Robbie in the locker room too, because I do you want to. Like, you want? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely. <laughs> um, come on, Peter, get your head out of the gutter. Um, Excuse me. Mm. Obviously, we you know we see Kenny and Anthony have a confrontation, um, and Kenny scares me a little bit too. I mean, you can really see how this, this, much. That's episode ten. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we, we, are, are we not done with well we we still have like uh um you know the hawk versus miguel oh okay i, I mean it's I not mean, huge. Isn't that's it though right i mean that's i feel there was uh maybe some more talk between johnny and miguel in in the room where he like, throws him the cream and he's like here rub this on your back and it's kind of like building on that last scene where no that's miguel finally, um right right before um it's right before that last fight with, with Hawk, because that's where he gets injured, is in nine. So uh, Johnny talks to Miguel right before that fight, 
And he's basically saying, Hey, you know, you got this, you got to do it. And, you know, and Miguel's like, Oh, that's why you want me to fight. You know, it's like Miguel figures it out and he's got, um, or, or maybe you're right. Is that 10? You know, and, no, and I thought Tucker, you were talking about his back and that's obviously after. Right. All right. We're getting a little mixed up here. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, 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 yeah, the timeline's a little off, but we're, you know, we're, we're kind of combining it. It's, it's, it, it's fine. Um, I do love the callback between uh, when, when Hawk, Hawk and, and Miguel, Miguel are matched up. Yeah, worthy yeah. opponent. So there's, there's a callback to uh, season two. Um, yeah, and this is, uh, I think Miguel might might have gotten like the first strike or something. But I mean, I guess no that's one, not. No one scored a point, though. I mean, okay. Miguel is. Oh, still... there's a block, right? Like, uh, didn't Miguel block? block. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, or so, something. Okay. I mean, they both. They were even, you know, no one scored a point. And uh, Miguel tried that, the move, and threw out his back. Right. Um, so, um, Miguel well, still hasn't lost a fight. Right. Uh, well, I mean, he did on a technicality, but yeah, you know, yeah, he didn't show up. But um, do you guys remember your initial reaction to that moment, to that very moment when um, Miguel hurt himself again? I think I went with it. I was kind of like, oh, again, like I, yeah. that's too bad for Miguel. But I was like, oh, no, that's too bad. He got hurt again. Uh, but but yeah, I was I was cool with it. But I was like, oh, okay. you, you didn't think he like paralyzed himself again. <laughs> I did for a second. Like, I wasn't okay. sure. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah, I wasn't sure what had happened. I mean, like, I wasn't sure if we were going to just tweak the back or if, you know, that injury was going to be reignited. I mean, uh, Carmen had definitely spoken about her fears of him fighting again. So, and I knew Miguel's journey was going somewhere bigger than karate. Like we could see that trajectory happening. So I didn't know how we were going to get there. Um, but I do remember thinking to myself when he yelled out sensei, I was wondering who he was talking to. And why he didn't call, you know, I, I just, my heart broke and I, I don't know. I wanted, I I was, I was, I wasn't sure who he was talking to at that point. And it's funny you mentioned that Tony, because Brianna asked Michael the same thing. And then he's like, do do you want me to answer it? Cause I can answer it. Then she started like backpedaling, not wanting (laughs) the the actual answer. So there's a little tease. If you guys want to hear it, uh, where he talks about that. Um, yeah, it, it could be for anybody. Uh, either one, they're both there. Um, you know, my, my, my immediate reaction would have been Johnny. I mean, you, I, I would think so, but you know, they were so tense at that point and they had just had that conversation before he fought and you never know who he was calling out to. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be either one. It, it's, a. Uh... I, I'm not going to put words in Michael's mouth, but I mean, it could have been left, uh, you know, to our own interpretation, how how you want to take it. I don't, I don't think it changes anything really, um, because aren't they both? No, Daniel's not in there in in the beginning uh, with with Miguel as well, right? Is it only just Johnny and then like Carmen and Yaya comes in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Daniel's so, not there. He also okay. refers to Daniel as Mister Larusso, 
So, I mean, I, I really do think uh, she's Well, no, but he, he called him sensei um, at one point. There's that, that one point where uh, Miguel says sensei uh, after leaving Miyagi-Do and Johnny turns, but he was talking to Daniel and he was getting, <laughs> getting into Daniel's mm-hmm. car. So uh, so he has called Daniel sensei before. Um, but the, the one point, bef- just in case we forget it, uh, the opening sequence of episode 10 is yeah. we're panning through a hospital and I feel a lot of people thought, you know, it was Miguel. But if you look at the X-rays, it's it's um it's of the head, yeah. and so mm-hmm. yeah, like Stingray was beat pretty badly, concussed, and and all of that. Uh, Ken, do you have any um words of defense for Terry Silver on what he did to <laughs> one uh, Raymond, aka Stingray? Well, it doesn't look good, Peter. Um, but <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe he was drunk. You know, maybe, maybe he was okay. a little drunk, maybe something else too. I don't know. He was maybe kind of not in complete control of himself. I don't know. But that that did look pretty bad. It looked like it was pretty deliberate. It looked like Terry had a plan. And uh, apparently this plan was to put Stingray to the point of death almost. So there would be an attempted murder charge. So that's really, that's really intense. That's, that's something there. Yeah, it well, with the when the cop says it, like I, it still took me a while to pr- um, process that second part. You know, aggravated assault and attempted murder. It's just like, what? But um, do we think that after Stingray got beat down, like he was just thrown out of a car, like the, the car was driving in front, you know, by the hospital? They opened up the door and just threw him out, or or did they? You know, like uh, Stingray was unconscious, and then maybe Terry Silver had somebody else take. Stingray and go, you know, throw him in an alley somewhere so somebody can find him, take him to the hospital. I don't think Terry did it himself. I can't lie. I don't see. I don't know who else there would have been. I, I couldn't imagine any of the other Cobras. We don't know of any other adults that he, that he currently hangs out with. Cheyenne, uh, sorry, I haven't been. His, his yeah. servants at the house or his she... cook Renee. Yeah, yeah. I mean like he just has so many servants in his life. Like I just, I almost can't picture Terry Silver, like throwing the stingray uh, over his shoulder and walking him out to the car. I mean like, yeah, unless he like snuck out the back um, or he could have left him there and, or pulled him outside and then just called anonymously for an ambulance to come. You know, and they picked him up off the street or something. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, you know, so not as bad. I was going really dark with it. So there you go, kid. <laughs> Good for you. You saved uh, Terry's over there. That's what I do. All right. So uh, any other thoughts on uh, Stingray and also uh, Miguel and Johnny in the in that back room? With Stingray, I was, I was, I almost forgot that whole interaction had happened. You know, it was one of those callbacks to an earlier episode where I was like, oh, shit, there was, you know, a greater purpose there. Um, But I was trying to figure out what that was at that point. What do you guys think about Stingray as as a character? I think he's, you know, Paul Walter Hauser, I mean, he's an amazing actor. Anything he's in, I think, just automatically gets better. Uh, I haven't and, seen one bad performance from Paul no, Walter Hauser. Yeah. No. But what about Stingray? Stingray is specifically is sad. He is a uh-huh. sad character. Like as yeah. as much as he is a comedic character, this this is a sad person. 
and that his biggest and greatest desire in life is so desperate to be a part of Cobra Kai and be a part of a community of people. Be accepted amongst his peers. To to be accepted. He will do anything. And it's heartbreaking, but I mean, it's so true of life. There are people in this world who just don't feel like they can ever be accepted. And they'll do anything. And and, and you think back to like, you know, he, he just, he, just betrayed the only sensei that he really served under that showed him any kind of respect. Like, you know, to take out season four for a second, if you think back to Coyote Creek, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's the one that calls him Stingray, you know, when Johnny laughed at the name. Mm-hmm. And um, so Crease was the, and, and also he was one of the, was it eight students that was standing next to Crease at the end of that uh, uh, season two finale. And so mm-hmm. he comes back, sees Crease doesn't recognize Harry Silver because that's a new face. But Chris is also like, what are you doing here? You know, we can't have you here. You know, you're over 18. So like, you're just going to slow us down with the training. So go away. And he just, he doesn't want to go away. He wants to be Cobra Kai. And so it's a very, it is a very sad story. Yeah. You guys want him back? Yeah, I do. I'd be curious to see what happens next. Um, And I'm wondering if, if, (laughs) if, uh, yeah, I know you are. Uh, you know, hopefully we get to see the development. And to to your guys's point, it is he is a sad character. And I hope maybe by the end of the series, he finds himself and finds some confidence. And he's able to fend for himself a bit more and maybe attract people to him instead of mm-hmm. being so desperate to belong to other groups. Yeah. Okay. Can you really good at what you do? I mean, uh, like just kind of listening to, I, I, you know, I, I, I mentioned in the chat, I had to dip out a little bit early, but um when i hear the gears turning the hamster wheel spinning you know like in your head sometimes i question like hey the kids see season five like some some of the things that you say i'm like that's oddly a little um okay interesting is what i'll I'll say yeah yeah so that's That's it hopefully it means we're 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 in sync with the creators you know what i mean yeah yeah there you go all right so um the uh after after the little talk with with Johnny, um, yeah, Johnny's kind of saying like all the wrong things. Um, I was like, you, you still want me to be your sensei, right? You know, so you got to win and, and all these things. And so, um, again, he's kind of losing uh, sight of 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 uh, kind of where Miguel's headspace is. And so Miguel is like, okay, so this is what I mean to you. Uh, and at the same time, Sam is focusing on karate, which is which is what he's trying to get away from. Uh, what do you guys think about that conversation between Miguel and Sam? I think it leaves them in a really interesting place. I mean, their relationship is so unstable yet comfortable at the same time. And it is a very interesting dynamic to have where they just had a big fight at prom. They really, they're together, but they're they're not and um I just you know the way she's like you'll be out there rooting for me right and he's just kind of like I'm always rooting for you but he doesn't really give her that answer of like yeah I'm gonna be out there like um again just teasing that Miguel is done with karate right now he's moving on he he's not even gonna be out there to go watch Sam and again it makes me you know Uncom- uncomfortable with the status of their relationship 
Um, but it also feels like their relationship is one of the least important things at play right now. They're both especially for those two, yeah, on their own journeys of self discovery right now. And whether they're together or not, I mean, I think they'll, you know, end up back together if they're not together. Um, it's just unclear, like what what their nature of their relationship is at the moment. Um, but you know, they're seventeen; they don't have to end up back together. They might go on their journeys of self discovery and go to college and meet other people that aren't involved in karate. I know that's crazy to even think about. Oh, <laughs> wow. Very but, interesting. Very interesting. Um, they, 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 they need might, to graduate they first. They may end up friends. Like, they might not end up together. And, you know, that's, o- that's okay. If you saw some of the stills in, you know, uh, from, from season five, one could assume that, you know, they're, they're at least in some locations together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's not spoiled because that's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, it'll uh, be interesting. Yeah. I will say to see Robbie, Miguel, and Sam all working together in the same dojo. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, that's going to be a <laughs> fun little dynamic. Interesting. You, you could be right. You could be right. <laughs> uh, we we alluded to it earlier. Kenny uh, in the bathroom uh, after uh, kind of getting beat up a little bit by Robbie. Uh, we kind of gave our thoughts on that, but. Um, I feel this is pretty divided. So Anthony Anthony LaRusso, who we um, you know discovered earlier on in the season, uh, was pretty much hanging around with the wrong crowd, and so they were bullying the new kid Kenny. Kenny learns karate and can now defend for himself. So Anthony walks in after um, Kenny's match with Robbie, attempts to apologize. It seems very sincere about it. And Kenny upset, uh, probably at the outcome, or or rather, his mentor just gave him a pretty good beating. Uh, and so, yeah, Kenny feeling some, some type of way about it. I, I like to kind of hear. I, I don't know if we want to discuss like who's in the right or the wrong guy. I, I hear people often say like Anthony deserved that, you know, like he's also apologizing, you know, and he's not like half-assing it either. I don't think either of them are right. I mean. Let's be honest, they're kids most of the time at that age. You're not right. But yeah. also not not often kids at that age will, I mean, maybe Anthony, it's it's not the right time. You know, but may, maybe Anthony witnessed it and was like, ooh, that didn't look so good. Maybe if I went to apologize and try to make him feel better. You know, like I, I feel like his heart was in the right yeah, spot. Maybe yeah, his just heart's the in the right place, but it's just not the right time to do that at all. Like that is, you know, you're going to go kind of, even though you're apologizing, you're still kind of kicking him while he's down. Um, but also Kenny is so not in the right to not even hear or acknowledge an apology. Um, but I mean, also he's what 13 and he just got the crap beaten out of him. And now his bully is coming in and is going to try to even speak to him. I mean, at that age, I don't think I would have been in the headspace to hear an apology either. It doesn't make either of them right, but it does make that situation a little more understandable. Um, and Cobra Kai has also completely encompassed Kenny's mentality. I mean, he he's embodying the spirit of that Cobra Kai at this point. Sure. I mean, he has a pretty badass line, you know, talking. He tells Anthony something about the, you know, w- welcome to the world of pain or, or something like pain. that. World of pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, but 13, 14 years old because well, he's a, he's an eighth grader, right? And so mm-hmm. they'll be freshmen next year. Um, yeah, I, I I often not uh you know I don't think about like their ages really. You know, it, it's like how how are they presenting and and speaking? Like you know, obviously Kenny speaks as as you know, like he's older. So I never really throw the age in there. And usually it kind of kind of depends what we're discussing here. But in the context of things, like I feel. I agree with you, Tony. Like, I don't think they were both right. But uh, again, like Anthony's heart was in the right spot and it was just, just bad timing. Like Kenny wasn't in the right space to accept that apology. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. That's not, it wasn't good timing, but I think that's the biggest thing we've seen out of Anthony. I mean, I mean, we haven't seen that side of Anthony before, you know, that was a big moment for him. Uh, I also think that, See, and we get back to Robbie being super hard on Kenny in that fight. And it's almost like maybe if Robbie wasn't that hard on him, you know, Kenny maybe not wouldn't have done that huge. I guess you could call it a heel turn. But see, when Robbie comes back in, it's almost like a different Robbie than was fighting Kenny. Uh, Like it really felt like Robbie was hard on Kenny. It was all business, right? Like there there was uh, he he threw out that mentorship uh, momentarily. Right. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of a big error in judgment to go that hard on Kenny, I think, from Rob. You know, I I don't know. So, but but you're right. I think it was bad timing. But I feel for Anthony because that was a big moment for him. We haven't seen him do anything like that before in the series. Yeah, and I mean, not only was he getting beat physically, like Kenny pounded him to the ground, you know, before Robbie got there. It's like, Anthony was your your bully and and like you know for those that you know heard my um, episode with Kristen Baldwin talking about the you know tough fight things we didn't expect like Griffin's performance in season four was 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 great you know because we saw so little of him uh, previously and like uh, the 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 facial reaction that Griffin gives in that moment uh, um, like on the ground as Robbie walks in I feel. Uh, I don't want to say like a lesser actor, but like somebody else who may not, uh, you know, put in the work as, as, as Griffin possibly like there, there was something that Griffin does like with his mouth and how it's open. Like I feel, and, 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 and maybe this was part of like the, um, filming that very sequence. And maybe it, it just, it looked like, um, Anthony was like out of breath from getting beat. Right. Like I, I, I guess I wasn't expecting something like that from somebody young, and so, like, that was just kind of a, a nice touch on maybe the direction or, like, Griffin himself. Um, so that just, it, it just looked real to me, uh, you know, looking at Anthony on, on the ground and looked like he was actually huffing and puffing from, from getting that beat down. So just It was great acting all around, too. I mean. Yeah, season four was mm-hmm. just a really great season for acting for a lot of our characters. I, again, like, um, like Tanner just nailed it for, for me and really made me turn my head kind of like okay I'm, I'm i'm watching you robbie you know like he's got all these uh, amazing sequences and we've seen so many uh different colors of, of robbie and all the ranges from tanner so a uh, huge fan of him in season four um what was interesting about robbie in that scene that we're talking about is the parallels between himself and johnny and i don't even know if robbie realized it in that moment as he's, you know, holding back Kenny in one hand and protecting Anthony with the other. 
I mean, it's a very much a parallel to Johnny with Miguel and um, and himself and and Robbie. So um, just like you know, somebody a little misguided mentoring these two different kids. You know, Robbie had a relationship with Anthony at some point. We don't see it there. Really on right. screen, but he spent a lot of time at the LaRusso house and probably a lot of time with Anthony in those formative years. And so there's, you know, an element of feeling like family to him. And then, you know, this new kid that he's taken on and mentoring in Kenny and seeing them go head to head and he's got to what choose who he's going to protect. It's very, it's very similar to the choices that Johnny made in, in season one and two and three and continuously. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we continue, just just so that that way we can um, not not run too long on on this um, review, a couple sequences I want to make sure that we touch on, and you guys throw out anything that I, I might miss, but um, briefly touch on Tori and Amanda, right, and then uh, maybe the matchup between Tori and Sam, and kind of what's going on there. Terry Silver increase, and then uh, kind of Robbie and Miguel. I feel those are like the important ones. And then obviously Daniel and the, um, so I, I guess something awesome. We want to touch on, <laughs> on uh, Johnny and Chris, Robbie and, and Eli's fight at all. Cause that kind of happens. First. Uh, I don't and think that's not. necessary. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's. They, they had a, a match and Hawk wins. Um, Robbie shows some respect. And at this point, we definitely see his, um, I guess, not loyalty to to Cobra Kai at that point. He's kind of doing his own thing um, mm-hmm. with the comment to Terry Silver, like, "Why don't you fight him?" Yeah. You know, so 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 that does happen. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's my pretty much it. Comedic moment of the episode was what? I can't lie. When Robbie rips off his gi and throws it at Tori, and then Eli looks at the ref, and the ref's kind of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> so Eli takes off his gi and throws it at Dimitri. Yeah. And the look on Gianni's face <laughs> yeah. when <laughs> the gi, when he catches that gi is my favorite moment comedically in the in the episode. Yeah, I don't remember if uh if we asked Gianni uh, about that moment, I, I feel like we did, but it, you know, it's, it, it was some time ago, but um, yeah, no, that, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get the, we get the overtime um, callback, which is, you know, cute and nostalgic and probably gets Terry's gears whirring like more fractures in the mental state. Well, you know, because it's like a tie or whatever, you know, it that that means that the tournament has to go even longer. So, like, he's he he's he's got a date here with Destiny, and so like he wants to hurry up and get out. And so, um, yeah, uh, we we obviously know about the cheating. Um, th- this is also around the time where Daniel finally goes to Johnny. He's like, "Look, we gotta we gotta work together," and he agrees. And it's just like. I, I just don't understand why how you guys are so different and are so set in your ways where one's aggressive, the other one's defense, and not realizing you need both to freaking win. You know, <laughs> I, I understand that defense wins champions, but 
or championships, but you know, something like this, um, you know, you're mano y mano, you know, like defense. Yeah. If you have a team, but when you're going like one-on-one, like you need them both. So mm-hmm. glad they figured that out. Um, also, what are the other observations I made? And, and maybe I'm wrong on this. You guys let me know if you guys picked up on this, but I feel when Terry and like Daniel are looking at each other, like Terry has a certain demeanor kind of, you know, ah, you know, like all, all these type of things. But when Daniel's not looking, he's got this scowl. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that Russo guy, you know, kind of thing. Is is that, uh, am I seeing things or do you guys seeing that too? Yeah, I've seen that a little bit. I, I One of my favorite Terry reactions was when they announced sudden death for the first time since 1985. And just the way Terry looked at Daniel was just amazing. I love that. Is that where he has his arms crossed and he's just kind of looking across the... Uh, yeah. yeah, and then Daniel's like, oh, you know, just just great. Love that reaction from Terry. Yeah, Terry's got a lot of great reactions, not going to lie. I mean, he, he could be like uh, kind of like David Rose from Schitt's Creek. Like he could be like all his own gifts. You know, like I, I just wish that was a thing because, like, I often type in Terry Silver, and apparently, there's another character named Terry Silver from the show Power, Fifty Cent Show Power on uh, hmm. well, I forget well, which which network, but um, anyway, yeah, there's two Terry Silvers, I guess, in pop culture. So, hmm. so yeah, you kind of get them both if you just type in his name. So you got to do like Cobra Kai Terry or something, and and then you'll you'll get uh, him as a result. Uh okay, so do where do we want to pivot? Um, to the fight between Tori and Amanda right before the that fight. Okay, right, because that does lead into it. Um, okay, yeah, your guys' thoughts on on Amanda uh, having a few words with Tori. I was with her right up until I wasn't. Okay, who I, Amanda? Yeah, I can I can definitely elaborate on that as well. Um, Please. <laughs> yeah. So when Amanda came and and spoke to Tori. And she was talking about keeping up with therapy appointments and talking about helping her in that capacity. I was with Amanda. I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Cool. Check in with her. And I was cool with the statement like at, that she made at the end. Like, whatever happens, like, I just, just know I'll be rooting for this to be over for whatever, you know. What I was not on board with was her getting in Tori's head about not hurting Sam and doing things the right way. And it's just like, Amanda, it's none of your business. Stay out uh, of this. I, I don't know if she was doing that on purpose to get I, in I don't her think head. she was doing it on purpose. Okay. I think it was just the natural progression of what she felt like was the next thing to say after, you know, that the initial conversation. But it just didn't, it didn't work for me. It was, Do you mean I like a, it was, oh, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say I had a different read on it. Like that's that's her daughter, you know. That's that's you know the 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 parenting thing kicking in. Like okay, yeah, like but you I, don't get to as a parent, you don't get to go behind the scenes and talk to your kids' opponent before they you play them. Like in in any sport, like that's just it. It's just it doesn't. It's it's uncalled for. Well, I mean, you're, you're talking about etiquette, and I, I have five kids. Um, many have played sports, and we have seen coaches go at it in front of, you know, their young team. So, I mean, you know, there's it, – it's a show. Um, and I, I just I, – I feel Amanda is kind of doing 
what her kind of parental instincts is doing is like, okay, I feel like we're all good. You're doing the whole therapy thing. I just don't want this to escalate. So if we can maybe get through this tournament without hurting one another, that'd be great. I feel that's just where she's coming from. Do you feel like it's what she's the fact that she was talking to Tori, or do you feel it's the fact that she used all the help she'd been giving to Tori as leverage yes. to manipulate. It's like she didn't, she brought that up to say like, you can pay me back now. Yes. Now yes. I will say a lot of fans have talked about the similarities between Amanda and Terry silver and how they calculate and how they can manipulate. And um, that was kind of a manipulative move because it wasn't just like, I'm glad that you're doing well. Hey, separately, is there any way that you could do that? No, no, no. She's because making if she it was payback. coming at it from the right place, she would have done it at a different time. She wouldn't have done it right before her match with Sam. She was coming at it, like you said, Ken, from a manipulative place. She went over there, what she said. I was I was like with her. And then as soon as she started talking about how to pay her back by not hurting Sam, that's when I was like, oh shit, this is manipulative. This isn't like, hey, I'm checking in on you. Because she was just checking in on her. That could have been earlier in the day. That could have been after the tournament. That could have been any other time other than right there. And it just seemed uncalled for. I was not with, like, I was not with Amanda on that one at all. Because yeah. she's invoking all that pain from uh, the uh, Tori's mother. And, like, all of that is mm -hmm. bringing that right up, saying, like, remember your mom? Well, you know. Yeah. Interesting. The timing, yeah. the timing of it and, and the things that she said were so manipulative. What well, what what is going on at this point? Is this also when uh, Miguel is still kind of injured? Is this because like when does why does Anthony go see Kenny? Is there some sort of intermission? What's going on? Why the Larusos are starting to walk around and finding themselves in the wrong, you know, or the right spots at the wrong time? I.e., Anthony and Amanda. It's it's either while Miguel is still injured or it's before the girls final. Either either way, the girls final was set, so they were that was the next competition. If Miguel didn't come back, yeah. I mean, Amanda wore some ugly colors this season. I mean, she did some really cringy things, you know, with Tori um, going to her place of work. You know, uh, leading to her getting fired and then also leaving a bag of groceries at her doorstep, you know, so that's kind of in line with, I guess, I, but but that that one particular instance, I guess I've never really put too much thought into it. But, um, yeah, I just I've, I've never done that where I had to go talk to some kid because of like my kid kind of thing but like i can see that as a parent like i can understand that you know like yeah if somebody picked up my kid i would yeah either go talk to their parent or talk to that kid directly like hey you know why don't you uh go kick you know dirt somewhere else mm, i think if a parent came up to me right before i was about to compete against their kid probably tell the parent off because yeah i mean i i could i could probably be that parent like yeah i mean it's it, ultimately you're you're still looking out for for your child we don't agree with what she's doing and how she's doing it but you know i'm sure clearly in her mind she doesn't think what she's doing is wrong 
you know, us as the audience, it's like, that's not a good look. No, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that she's looking out for her kid. Like, yeah. I, I don't doubt that that's, that's the reason for all the manipulation, but yeah, I mean, uh, and listen, Tori has done some effed up things to Sam. I mean, she's left her permanently scarred. So I get it as a mother. Like, I get it. But it's still manipulative. Sure. I mean, we're going to see... It doesn't make it less manipulative. Sure. And when we see them fight a little bit later on, there's the point where Tori accidentally elbows her, right? In in the Mm -hmm. eye. And then, like, Amanda gets up. And, you know, so, like, it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts on the show. So, um. Any uh, thoughts on the fight really between Tori and Sam? We kind of know how that goes. Um, I, I, I must Sam say, though. Won. Yes. Uh, I feel Sam, she looks pretty polished in terms of her fighting. Uh, you know, she mo- uh, uses moves that we don't see other people do. Uh, but just like, uh, you know, cl- clearly all of the actors put in their work you know to make it look good but there's just something about the fight sequence between tori and, and sam like clearly cobra kai their style is a little bit more aggressive but yeah sam just looks a little bit more clean more polished and like the way she moves yeah it's a it's a very unique style so it's a also the first season where we got new uh a stunt courier and fight choreographer so it does look different from the previous seasons as well so just kind of wanted to point that out um mm. yeah fighting looks good uh, do we want to go straight to the win and, and then kind of what follows after that? One thing I want to bring up is that scene between Crease and Johnny. If yes, you remember, I do. Yeah, Crease comes out to the the hall or whatever. Right, that was interesting, at least to me, because if Crease is telling the truth, we've got a kind of window into his mind in that he wanted Johnny to win. He always wanted Johnny to win, even more than Cobra Kai. And I think he looks at Johnny as, you know, obviously maybe not a son, but as his legacy, like the Cobra Kai legacy, because he brings up something along the lines of, well, and then when Robbie gets old enough, he can be the one to keep Cobra Kai going. And so he's really looking at the Lawrence's, I guess, as like his legacy, you know, and and that's why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and I just thought that was kind of an interesting window into John Kreese. Um, in that moment, and kind of on that note, with with um, Priest, and I think to kind of jump ahead a little bit, when Silver is giving Tori, you know, some instructions, and then Crease is like, "No, why, why don't you, you know, kind of do your own thing?" Because he looks at Johnny across the mat, um, and kind of like remembers all the things that that he went through. What What are you guys' thoughts on 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 that moment for Crease? Do think you think? I think it's always been about Johnny. I mean, I think right. he, he's telling a lot of the truth when he speaks to Johnny in the hallway. There, I feel and... a lot of people say that that's like his turn, like his redemption, like he's turning good. Do Do you think it's that? Or there's just like a moment of clarity and this is just kind of a moment to do something right. I think right now it's a moment of clarity and a moment to do something right. Um, But if he continues to have those moments where he does things right, that could be, you know, the, the first 
of a series of actions that lead to redemption. I don't think with everything that Kreese has done, I don't think it's one action that is going to bring him redemption at this right. point. Cause I, I mean, I, cause I find it interesting that people were so quick to be like, Oh yeah, he's, that's his redemption arc. Like he's oh, good okay. now. No, no, I don't think so. I think and, he, he sees a lot of, of Johnny and himself in Tori when it comes to like her life situation and her being a fighter. And so um, that mentorship, I think he sees a lot of Johnny in that as well. And it's always been about Johnny. Because there's, there's a lot of, again, so much is going on right now. Um, Ken, like you really uh, kind of changed my uh, uh, perception perspective a, l- a little bit here with the whole comment about like, you know, like Terry's already got this in the bag. Like we just got to mm-hmm. get through this kind of thing. And so like, I'm trying to think like, what's he thinking at this point when Crease is all of a sudden uh, yeah, empathizing with Tori and, and kind of like, hold, hold on now. This isn't like, this isn't Cobra Kai. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that, that also kind of changes the, the, the dynamic between those two at this point as well. Even yeah, more so. It's a, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, as you know, we were talking before, um, I guess Terry maybe didn't know for sure if the ref would throw it. So maybe that's how maybe he felt a little nervous uh, there. But um, but yeah, I think he feels like hopefully he has everything under control and he doesn't really fight John Kreese on anything. You know, it's it's he doesn't you know, he doesn't demand that John Kreese acquiesce. He kind of goes along with John Kreese. I think he's there to play his part because he knows where he wants everything to end up. Um, and he knows what's going to happen. Um, so I don't know. I think Terry is just playing, playing a part right now. Um, he's just right. Getting to the end. He knows he's going to be in control of Cobra Kai soon. Um, yeah. So I think that's for Terry, but yeah, crease, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's redemption, but I think he's recognizing that maybe he screwed up as a teacher, uh, and as a mentor and he did that with Johnny and he didn't want, and he doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so, so maybe, and maybe that's the extent of it. I don't think that means he's redeemed, uh, at this point, but, uh, I think it's the most self-reflection we've had from Kreese. You know, I think he's being honest with himself. Absolutely. And I I think maybe this is also kind of maybe in Terry's mind, kind of, uh, validation, like, okay, this, this is it. This is his weakness. You know, there's freaking Lawrence over there. He has this moment with Tori. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, it's gonna lead to to what we see. So uh Tori ends up winning because mm-hmm. because ref and um which McCloud she she witnesses the, the, the payoff and, and, and all that. So she knows that you know this trophy that she wanted to stare at, knowing that she was the best at something, is not the best at something, which is you know, just really sad. Um and then after her win, then we go to Crease and Silver, right? Celebrating what was it? Bollinger nineteen eighty nine. I was gonna look it up. I'm sure it's a real wine. Do you guys have any any kind of knowledge whether if it's like an Easter egg to something else or just just a wine? I think it's just a valuable wine. Yeah. Yeah. He probably likes it better than the, the Cayman one he kicked in the first episode. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we, um, yeah, we get this talk of, uh, and 
I like I like this Terry Silver right here. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a little bit more composed, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he he lets Crease know, okay, you know, that uh, Lawrence, this is what it's all about. The, he he's your weakness, and you know what my weakness is? It's you, you know. And I I, I love the whole like, no, you got it wrong. It's the opposite. I'm your strength and all that. And my my favorite part of this whole you know, uh, back and forth between the two is like uh, when, when Terry's like, there it is. You know, I just basically I can always count on you to bring up like me saying your life. Like how how many times? Like, can you probably know the dialogue way better than me? Like what, what does he say about like the, the reminding him? It's or like knowing um, his debt or whatever. Yeah. Or? How, how many times do I have to pay back this debt before we're square? There we go. Yeah. That's just wow. You know, Bob Dearden. Wow. Just just. Those mm-hmm. those words. I mean, um, Tony, what what are your thoughts on on this uh, uh, the betrayal here between Silver and Crease? Yeah, well, I I think I brought it up earlier. Is when did it click for him? When did this plan spring itself into action? When did he realize all of this? And was it when he was asking Crease about when they were talking about weaknesses it you know, a few episodes prior to that, was that when it clicked for him or was it earlier? I feel like How he might've had an... he been plotting. Yeah. I don't know if there's an, a, a real answer that we can get from the show, but no, I'm I... more, I'm more so asking you guys what you think. Right. Yeah, I, was, I was getting there. Um, I just feel that like, he he has some sort of idea like 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 kind of what ken was saying like he he knows where he wants to be and the whole idea of the weakness maybe there's an idea there like well i'm you know i i I just joined this is his dojo i just kind of need to play the part and kind of just wait for the opportune moment interesting ray in episode 408 party time you know, oh, you want to be Cobra Kai? And so I think at that point, that's when he starts figuring out, okay, this this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. I'm going to beat this guy up. I'm going to make him tell them that it's Kreese. Kreese will get locked up, and, and and there it is. And then once he figures that out, I think that's when he starts deciding, okay, who's going to be the refs? I'm going to pay them off, and I'm going to make sure that Cobra Kai wins. And and hopefully when Stingray wakes up, he's going to give the cops the information at the right time. Get him arrested. Yeah, for 30 years, has he not thought of Crease? Has he put this behind him truly like he said that he did? Or has he never put this behind him? And Crease shows up and it all comes flooding back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it's, it goes I, deeper than that with Terry. And, it does. And it's, um, it appears in the first episode as if he's at peace with who he is. But I don't, I don't know that he ever was. I, I have an answer. I don't know if it's the right answer. Um, here, here's what I think. Uh, I did a, I actually did a video called Is Terry Silver a Psychopath? And so that was based on Karate Kid 3, Terry, and and trying to harmonize all that. Here's here's my guess. It's just, just my thought. Um, in that first meeting, in the first episode, when Terry and Kreese are on the balcony talking to each other, I think Terry knows immediately what the whole thing is about he he sees right through whatever john crease is saying he knows what's going on especially when he mentioned johnny lawrence and daniel larusso he knew right there he knew he's 
he is a master manipulator. He's very intelligent. He knows what, what the whole thing is. He shows up out of nowhere with this request to suddenly get it back going. And, and he says that he references that right in this last episode. He's like, this wasn't about this, was it? You know? And I think he knew it right at the beginning. When does he decide to jump in though? I think is when he puts on the hair tie. Uh, and that's, I think episode three. Um, I think that's when he decides he's going to jump in with John Kreese on this and he is going to take over and run Cobra Kai. Maybe doesn't know quite how yet or or when, but I think he's that's when he decides this is his opportunity. Maybe to be rid of John Kreese, maybe to do what he's ever he's wanted to do. Um, that that's my thought. So I I have the idea that he's known this since the beginning, and when he put on the hair tie and smile smiled in the mirror, then um, that's when he knew what his end goal was going to be. I agree with you, Ken. Oh, oh, yes. oh no. <laughs> I, I have had that same, say, mm-hmm. a very similar thought in my head the whole time as well. I just wanted to see where you guys were at. Um, I can't yeah, comment I too that... much more about okay. their relationship. <laughs> was that? I, I can't comment more on their relationship. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that as soon as he saw Crease and as soon as he heard him speak about the situation, I think he was aware. And I think he's known that Crease is his weakness for a long time. That I agree with, absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the splinter didn't really um, start fracturing until uh, the events um, uh, towards the end of Credit Kid Part 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll say that much. <laughs> Because I don't want to say anything that might be a little telling. Um, yeah, and, and I will say what what a brilliantly narcissistic thing to say is your weakness is someone else. Yeah. yeah, like I oh my weakness it's not in me it's not like oh I'm a perfectionist it's not you know oh I'm I'm a procrastinator you know it's someone else is my weakness I'm fine. You know, did, it's, did you it's, not say uh, like your significant other is your weakness? Like, God, is, that, I, is that wrong to say? Or, well, I don't know if it's wrong to say, but it's definitely, I think, kind of a narcissistic thing to say. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, what's your biggest weakness? My wife, someone else. Yeah, someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely a narcissistic quality to blame other people. So, I, I agree. I can I totally don't say that stuff. <laughs> um, uh, living living my whole life with a narcissist I can tell you absolutely their weaknesses in their mind are other people mm-hmm. so yeah uh, and then you know we get just the one last glimpse of him at the end kind of playing his little keys in the air like he's reached the the climax of whatever piece of music that he was writing it's all been perfectly orchestrated mm-hmm. that's, that's a that's a renaissance man's version of a victory dance if i've ever seen one mm-hmm. yeah i i love that um that theme you know uh Ted, do you remember what it's called at all oh uh just terry silver's theme bill Conti. is that what it is okay mm-hmm. oh, oh okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it's it, it's good it's it's grown on me but not in the sense that like i didn't like it before but like you know 
the 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 all all the viewings and stuff like I, I i like it you know it's like one of my like ah yeah you know like it, it brings me joy when i hear that unfortunately <laughs> like mm-hmm. but um okay so uh that that kind of ends up there he gets uh crease gets arrested i do i don't know if it's callback but um crease is like what did you do and then like as he's getting taken away doesn't silver also question like what, what, what did you what did you do like it just kind of reminded me of like when um uh sam questions robbie robbie what did you do you know like at the uh the mm-hmm. season two finale after he kicks miguel mm-hmm. kind of re- reminded me of that so i don't i don't know if it was a coincidence but not often do coincidences happen on the show because everything's very you know deliberate but um I don't, I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on that at all uh let's see before we get to like the really big ending um what do you guys have any thoughts on uh, uh kind of the LaRussos? Like, th- there's really no dialogue for them, uh, at, at the end there as they're coming home. You know, they they lost Sa- Sam apologizes to Daniel because you know he was putting a lot of pressure on her, and um, I think you know, like, we see that he was he was kind of figuring it out all at the end, you know, going to Johnny saying, Hey, we need to team up, but then also, um like he felt really bad for Sam in that moment too. Like the way she took that loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's too much to say there. I think we can kind of move to the Johnny and Robbie aspect. Yeah. And the, so, so what, Johnny, what it would look well, like yeah. if Anakin Skywalker didn't become Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> can you you have like a certain laugh when she makes these Star Wars references? Do you just like uh, no, what, I, what is it? Are you also like a huge Star Wars fan? I don't know about or oh oh yeah, I love Star Wars. I I, I promise I have a video coming that compares Cobra Kai and Star Wars. It's almost done, but um, really, it's it's funny because I mean she's right. I'm I mean John, Josh, and Hayden, you know, obviously have said this is their Star Wars, and they've said from the beginning like john kreese is the darth vader and uh, miyagi's like yoda and you know they they said right, this right. in season one and i think it's i love it when we find like little star wars things yeah it's for sure yeah, but i mean it is it is literally like a what if mm-hmm. yeah. if you know he decided to not become darth vader in that pivotal moment where he's you know wondering if he should strike the emperor down right there if he did it like if he did you know that's that's what happens with robbie um i like to like see and hear things that are probably not even really there but uh when you know like robbie shows up you know to johnny's surprise uh robbie says like i followed you it just took me back to like lorraine baines you know where she followed marty back to doc's <laughs> place in 1955 so <laughs> ah tony i gotta laugh out again too <laughs> no that's funny I like but it. yeah no every time he says that i'm like oh, could it could it could it have been worded differently because it kind of takes me out and i immediately think of lorraine i followed you you know like um you know like that because that's also kind of a why why did he follow him you know, why did he just go talk to him? I mean, obviously it wouldn't be sexy, right? Like, you know, then we wouldn't get this like really great dramatic moment. You know, it's a little anticlimactic if it happened like, you know, at the gymnasium, maybe if they were just sitting in the bleachers by themselves, you know. We like, might not have had the chance. Johnny kind of 
took off right after. Yeah, but then, you know, like, there's something about it to be inside that empty dojo as well, you know, and, and Johnny having, you know, the little flashbacks of him putting the stencils up on the wall and all that stuff. I, I just think it's beautifully shot. You know, um, I, I kind of mentioned it uh, earlier, you know, in, in the episode that John, Josh and Hayden don't write or direct any of those episodes, which is a little sad for me because, like, Josh is actually one of my like top favorite Cobra Kai directors. Um, but you know, like everything looks great and it, it feels like a movie in season five. So, um, so like it is, it's still worked out, but it's like, Oh man, but this, this episode, Holy shit. Like, you know, like we, we, a lot of us, I feel cried in 408, you know, I love you too, Robbie. And then you just feel for Miguel. But, you know, I asked Tanner at Paley Fest, you know, what was your favorite moment of season four? And he's like, the end, that UG. I've been waiting four seasons for this, you know, and you know, like uh yeah, Tanner just really nailed that 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 little dialogue of his and when uh, he just... says that he's like he says, I'm tired of blaming you. Yeah, uh because Johnny Johnny moves in closer. Uh I, I forget what Robbie says, but he's like yeah, you know, no, blame me, you know, like so, something like that. Was he said, was he, it, well, he said you had a good said, thing going with LaRusso. LaRusso right, until, right, right, you right. Know, I got involved. And Robbie says, I don't want to blame you. I'm tired of blaming you. And Damn. just as, as, you know, someone who has a tense and not always so great relationship with their father like it is it's it's so emotional and it's so true I mean you spend a lot of your life as a kid like blaming your parents for all of your hardships um and as you grow up and you go through life and you you get a better understanding of everything you realize like a lot of times your parents are acting with your best intentions at heart and it might not always work and it might you know, mess you up a little bit, but you don't want to blame them. And like, we all want to idolize our parents and we all want to have a special relationship with our parents. And absolutely. Um, It's, it's a powerful moment. I mean, just those words alone, like it's, you know, I'm going to compare it to another quote, but the context is completely different, but I feel just as powerful is in uh, Brokeback Mountain. Like I can't quit you. You know, like it's just, it's just, um, it's a hell of a moment, and you know, to to see them consoling each other and getting both of a point of views, um, just just the reactions. But yeah, yeah, just thinking about how Tanner's eyes just welled up, and and, and you know, we we've seen Billy in every single season with with those, you know, those eyes, and and um, yeah, just really great moment, and I, mean, I can't say enough about it, really. <laughs> Uh, but there's a note that Miguel leaves uh, for Carmen, um, basically saying that yeah he wants to go meet his father, and um, one he doesn't really say anything about Sam right he like he mentions her but you know doesn't like say like please let her know I'll be okay or anything like like that right like I I don't remember the uh, the actual no, he, note he really I don't know that he mentions her at all does he okay. I felt like I don't think the, so. He barely okay. mentions Johnny. He's like Sensei's yeah. karate helped me grow. Like he, he, yeah, 
he, he said is, like sensei and mr him. larusso <laughs> this is about him and this is about his family and his legacy and his identity this isn't about anybody else so i mean yeah. he he references his mom and he references yeah yeah but like this is about him right and then uh, Johnny finds out that um, the one thing that Carmen hadn't told him or Miguel that uh, his dad didn't know that he existed. So mm-hmm. that, that that was a heck of a thing there. So um, the I guess big we'll, reveal. the big reveal. So that's that's what I would like to end with, with your guys's kind of uh, thoughts about that comment and um from what we you know the little bit that we heard from season two from carmen about miguel's father what are your guys' thoughts about his dad not even predictions of what's going to happen just from this moment and what you have uh heard before well excuse me it's it on it honestly sounds like it was a horrible relationship you know it's kind of like you know daniel not really talking to his family about the trauma that he went through um under terry silver and that type of thing it's like if she hasn't even been able to tell miguel enough about his father to say that i'm sorry i had to leave you know he doesn't know about you you know i I know it's a difficult conversation to have but it it just to me shows that wow there's very low information that miguel has about his father Um, he knows where to find him yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> right. I yeah, that's a unless no comment. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's but yeah, that's what it seems like to me. She's like really not wanting him to know anything about his father. Yeah. Okay. What do you think the reason might be? Who me? Yeah. Uh both of you guys. I'll let Tony um... take it. So, so yeah. this is more speculation than than prediction. I don't, yeah, because I, yeah, I, I want to leave predictions out of this. Well, you hmm. definitely, I mean, you've seen it in other media and, you know, in probably in real life too. I mean, there, there are times when you are in just such a bad situation that you have to get out and it doesn't really matter if there's a kid involved or not a kid involved. And she might not want him to know that he has a kid because mm-hmm. if he knows that there's a kid that's a way to trap her there or get what he wants or some sort of ulterior motive you like that he could use Miguel for yeah and so she might be it, it might solely be out of protection for Miguel or protection for herself and her family Interesting. Um, and you know what maybe that is something to do with my current view of um women and men in this world but Fair enough. i think there are a lot of women that are trying to escape mm-hmm. the men in their life that are not treating them right Absolutely. and out of protection so i um i i hope that miguel if he does find his father that he does not put his family at risk interesting mm. I, I agree with you yeah uh can anything else you'd like to add there no, I th- I I'm totally on board with that. Okay, I totally on board with that, and I think, uh, and I talked about this earlier. I don't know if it's a prediction or not, but you know, if Tony's saying what she's saying is right. Then this could be a problem if he finds his father, and he goes back 
home. And that could be a problem for everyone if this is a, a dangerous dude. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so uh, obviously the last predictions episode we did uh, was along with the prop bet. So if you guys missed that, here are predictions there. Um, Ken, I'm going to go back and, and listen to your stream from tonight. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just like, you know, since, since I already know everything, I get to feel what the cast feels like when they're out there like reading and listening to other people's predictions because like i often hear how they're like oh they're so close but and and i think it's josh maybe not often but i i hear that josh would say in interviews like oh you know like some people might be able to figure out like certain beats that we're going to hit or whatever but they never figure out how do we get there mm-hmm. you know and so that's what they continue to do um yeah so the only thing uh for the listeners uh there will be a preview of season five but not done by me it will be done with previous guest uh mike uh who is also known as cobra kai wisdom on social media he uh um graciously gave me a a preview of season five because i can't do it (laughs) and i wanted to be able to give you guys something to kind of listen to kind of maybe help you guys start theorizing things to come in season five based off of uh, uh, of the things that he brings up. It's like 30 some odd minutes. So you guys can expect that probably the day after this episode comes out. But um, at this point, it's probably going to be almost a new episode a day. So just keep hitting refresh or turn on the down- automatic download or whatever. But uh, the two of you, you know, we are recording this extremely late. So I do appreciate you guys uh, coming on, helping me finishing up the, the season four reviews. And so we're we're finally there. So after this is pretty much we're looking at season five. So. Again, got some things coming already, including that big spoiler uh, uh, recap that um, we're kind of known for. So with an- another familiar voice, you guys will uh, hear the person when that episode comes out. Uh, so, Ken, we talked about it. You have this amazing channel with great episodes. Uh, you mentioned one. I really do enjoy it as well. The The title of it, the, the, is Terry Silver a psych- um, psychotic? Oh, is-, is, is Terry Silver a psychopath? psychopath there we go All right that's a really good one I, I really do enjoy that one thank you uh you you teased a star wars comparison one in the works right now yes it's it's coming very soon <laughs> it's it's not here because it's it's the longest analysis video i've ever done and uh it's just happening right at the same time as season five is coming out but i'm trying to get it out just as fast as possible but um i can tell you it's basically a video on the lessons that's Star Wars going forward can learn from Cobra Kai. Oh, that's so, very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you better hit me up. I want to see that before it comes out, man. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she wants to proofread your video. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to proof it. Um, <laughs> maybe I could send you some insights. Yeah. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, Ken, while we're talking about your channel, um, you for um you 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 clearly love the Miyagi verse, so you are doing a live stream every single day leading up to the release of season five. Um, just where can people follow you? Because you do share your links to the streams and all that all over over social media. Uh, your mm-hmm. channel is Ken Cole. Your name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, YouTube channel is Ken Cole, and then my social media handles are all Kenergy Cole. 
Um, and yeah, uh, look me up, Ken Cole on YouTube, and that's where a lot of my videos are. And yeah, we'll be having an epic live stream marathon Thursday in the hours leading up to the release of season five. There you go. And I do plan on uh, jumping in sometime during that last hour. We're assuming it's leading up to midnight, um, uh, 12 a.m. late Thursday. So it would be Friday morning of the 9th. So uh, you guys were talking about Coors Banquet. I'm like, oh, sounds like I'm going to have to bring something too. And I don't know if you saw my comments, but I do have a Sweep the Lake lager that I can uh, bring. It has a <laughs> nice Cobra on the on the can too that I'll uh, I'll bring to the you know to party time if that's what we'll call it. That's great. Uh, uh, so uh, Tony, you you, you kind of you know like you, you you have the podcast. Um, do you have anything to kind of promote? Something that you plan to hope do in the near future with Cobra Kai, other than watch it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I will be putting out a season five review and analysis, um, and then I'm looking at continuing that character analysis series that I started a while back now that we're going to have five seasons under our belt, some characters that I feel are ready for that analysis period. So um, yeah. we'll revisit that as well. There's um, a lot of characters. So as um, for uh, my podcast, yeah. Um, took some time off. It was for very personal mental reasons. Um, and I kind of mentioned it on my live. I did a live with Mike from of Cobra Kai Wisdom earlier like last week. Yeah. Oh, this um, week. What day yeah. is it? And it's just like the, the biggest thing that I, I'd like people to know is that like no matter where you are in your life or how old you are, or what space you're in, like you can always take yourself out of a bad situation and you can always start over. So um, that's, my, that's my life advice for the day. Um, but you can find me, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, um, and I'm on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, it's Queen Cobra Pod or Queen yeah. Cobra Podcast on YouTube. And and for those that were kind of tuning into these like last episode reviews too, like I, I mentioned how I reached out to, you know, um, you know, friends to help me uh, finish up these episodes, and I, you know, I took all your names, I threw it into a randomizer, and it, you know, spat out which episodes for which person, and every single one, it almost, it seemed like it lined up for a very specific reason. You know, like Sensei Pialani, you know, she uh, works in like diversity and 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 all these things. And so like Kicks Get Chicks was her episode and Johnny's recruiting women and learning how to be uh, awake, <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> episode seven, um, Mike was on Minefields. I, I forget there, but like there there was all, all these like little things. And then I was like, I, I swear to you guys, it's all random. I mean, Tony's on episode 10 and she's. Wait, Queen Cobra, that gets mentioned twice in episode 10. But I guess Ken, and I, I guess I'd have to think about Mike, but you too, unless somebody can prove me wrong somehow, that you too is, is proof that it was random. Because I don't, it, there's there's no uh, Tom Cole in this episode. I mean, we all know you love Terry Silver, but he's in most of these episodes in season four. Right. So I think we're safe there. Mm -hmm. so, yes. I've, I've, I've been... <laughs> called out like hey i don't know if these were actually random it sounds like you you picked these specifically for us so anyway um all right you guys you guys can find me on twitter if you don't already follow me there at kobukai pod kobukai companion on instagram companion with a k also for the website same uh same name kobukai companion.com all 116 interviews are on the website now it took me forever 
but I got them all up along with the non-spoiler review for season five. Very little details, very, very little. So um, uh, if if you like what Mark, a.k.a. Let's Be Water, does, I know it's mostly visuals, but he gave me like a really nice, you know, few kind words and reshared my review and said like this is like super safe and you guys can read it basically uh so that was really nice of him to, to put that out there so if you guys want to read it it is there and again expect season five content soon uh so again thank you guys for your continued support thank you to my two amazing guests and we will see you guys next time Haven't you done enough, princess?